I have a question for you. Who are the high profile people working in city government? Is it police officers, firefighters, maybe the city manager or municipal court judge? Well, you're probably right about that, but we're not going to talk about any of them. Today, we're going to talk about some of the functions that you don't always think about, but they're among the most important to a city and all of its citizens. It's functions like solid waste collection, street maintenance, drainage maintenance, signal light timing, street and traffic signs and markings. Those are the kinds of essential things that public works departments handle. Welcome to Brazos Matters. I'm Jay Sokol. I get to chat today with Emily Fisher, Director of Public Works for the City of College Station. She oversees all of those functions and more. So in 2022, Emily was named Engineer of the Year by the Brasses Chapter of the Texas Society of Professional Engineers. She served as College Station's Assistant Director of Capital Projects for seven years before being named Director of Public Works. And she played an integral role overseeing construction of College Station's new city hall, Lick Creek Nature Center, expansion of the Larry J. Ringer Library, and the College Station Police Department headquarters. Hey, Emily. Hi. How was that for an introduction? That was great. Yeah? <laughs> yes, thank you so much. You are <laughs> welcome. So you and I worked together for nine of the best years of your life. Did it feel longer than that? No, it wasn't long enough, I feel. Thank you. Thank you for <laughs> saying that. Um, so you and I are visiting right now during the early part of the fall semester, which means enough 18 to 22 year olds to fill most of Kyle Field just moved to the community. And for College Station Public Works, what does that mean in terms of increased workload and stress on your resources and people? <laughs> so, well, let's start with solid waste. Okay. So it, it usually means people are either moving in or they're moving out. Right. And it generates a lot more solid waste or trash. Um, so that, that is, this is one of our busiest times for solid waste collection. Um, just a lot of furniture going out, um, a lot of, uh, you know, boxes, anything, and lots of other stuff that I won't name. <laughs> can, you give me, can you give me just an example? Oh, I... Uh, Come on. I can't even... I'm not even sure. We're we talking toilets, or we talk. What are we Toilet, talking about? Oh, we do. We do get a lot of toilets, and they actually can be dangerous because they break, and that uh, porcelain can uh. can cut uh, the operator's hands. Uh. And we've had that happen. So toilets, toilets are dangerous. But we've had uh, we've had people try to put entire pieces of furniture into compactor units, and then the compactors try to close, and that doesn't work. So oh. there's all kinds of crazy stuff that goes out on out there. But uh, yeah, very interesting time for solid waste. But the, I think the biggest thing is, um, you know, we, we are going to get to it. We do want to collect all of your trash. All we your just, um, yeah, all of your toilets, all of your old uh, mattresses, but we, uh, we're just, uh, there's so much out there. It, it puts us behind and, and we'll get to it. We're just, we get behind uh, then takes a little bit longer than we usually take. Well, if only your problem was, oh, there's gonna be some extra bags of trash. Like if only that was your problem. Right. So it feels like that, that College Station almost has a unique set of circumstances, especially for a city this size, with a university this size in it. Like how do you, how do your crews do what they need to do and do it as quickly as they do because it's not like everybody's following the rules in the way you're supposed to put items out or, um, take things to the landfill and all that kind of stuff. So how do they, how do they accommodate all of this? 
a lot of patience. Yeah. <laughs> so no, they, they're really hardworking. Um, Got to give it to them right now in the heat too. It's, oh. it's just a pain, but um, yeah, it's, it's difficult um, because the trash accumulates around the containers mm -hmm. and it's hard for them to pick them up. So you could definitely help them out by not putting stuff around the containers so the trucks could actually pick them up and, and dump them. Um, but really just, it's a great group of operators and I think they stay positive and uh, they work a lot of overtime during this time. Yeah. We work on Saturdays to get caught up. So uh, they just have great positive attitudes and I think that uh, keeps them going and uh, we really appreciate them. Well, if I remember correctly, your goal is that the driver doesn't have to get out of the vehicle, <laughs> right? So what happens in these circumstances when it's just impossible to, for mechanically to pick up everything that needs to pick, be picked up safely during these move in, move out times of the year? How do you do it? We, we will skip, if we cannot get it with the automated truck, we will skip and we'll let that account holder, whoever it is, if it's an apartment complex, we'll let them know that we were not able to reach their container and that they need to move whatever out of the way and we will come back and service it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Because if, if your crews stop and get out and do this every single time. We would that, never finish. Exactly. Yeah. We would never finish. Yeah. Do you have enough, do you even have enough uh, solid waste vehicles to take care of your routes? It's, it's been a challenge to keep up with the growth of the city. So we, we actually, we just got, our uh, budget was approved last night. So yeah. we have some, some new vehicles coming with our new budget. So that's good. Um, the biggest thing right now is the length of time it takes to get a solid waste vehicle, um, just from supply issues, um, still left over from COVID. So, uh, we're just seeing more wear and tear on vehicles mm. that's putting them down for longer. So I'd say we, we have an adequate amount. We just, a lot of them go down for yeah. longer periods of time, which puts us behind. And, and so it's just this constant trying to keep up and, and then you've got everyone moving in and moving out, so. So I've got a, a list of things that I was hoping we would talk about. I'm gonna shift the, the order of these <laughs> things a little bit because of what you just mentioned, because one of the elements I think that falls under you that I, I didn't bring up is fleet services mm -hmm. and fleet maintenance. So you've got an entire crew or, or multiple crews that help extend the lifespan of these vehicles you're talking about, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, talk to me about what they are asked to do and just the scope of the kinds of vehicles they have to keep running and, and so forth. Yeah, that's great. Thank you for bringing uh, them up. So Public Works also oversees all the maintenance of uh, the city's fleet. So yeah. solid waste vehicles to all the um, police vehicles, fire, trucks um, down to just the, you know, city uh, trucks that the inspectors drive around. So mm -hmm. everything. Um, and we've got a group of great mechanics. We run a full uh, full repair shop, uh, preventative maintenance shop like you would see anywhere else. So oil changes, tire rotations, tire changes, we do all of that. Um, and then we, we can do small uh, repair type jobs, but we also send a lot of vehicles out to, to have uh, work done when we just can't do it in, in the, the shop that we have. But um, we have an entire warehouse uh, for parts. Um, another issue is getting parts right now. It's mm. still an issue. It's been still going on issue. for- Still an issue. Yes, it's still an issue. Trying to prolong 
air filters and, and that sort of thing because you just can't get them right now. Uh, still, still dealing with that, but uh, yeah, it's a full shop. It's a, a great group of, of guys that keep that going, and yeah, you'll see a, just a wide range of vehicles over there if you drive by. Just how highly trained are these individuals who work on your fleet? They're, so all different levels. We have certified um, mechanics all the way down to people just getting um, out of trade school and, mm -hmm. and working their way up, which really makes it great because you can see the ones learning and mm -hmm. working their way up. And we've got some guys that have been with the city for you know, 30 years and are really uh, highly skilled mechanics teaching than the, the newer guys. So. And we're talking about dozens of vehicles or hundreds of vehicles? Oh, hundreds of vehicles, yeah. Gosh. The city's fleet is, it's I think between 700 and 800 vehicles. Oof, that's a lot. Yeah, it's that's a lot. That's impressive. Yeah. Okay, so I don't know that you and I have ever specifically talked about this, especially in this context, but what happens with public works as we approach a Texas A&M home football game and then after that game? Is it mainly traffic related or what do you guys deal with? Uh, so a lot of things. We, so to prepare for, it, it is mostly traffic related. To prepare for um, a home football game, we try to, we definitely um, try to get the city appearing nice. We sweep um, the streets around campus, um, do landscape work, that sort of thing. Um, to, you know, because we know an influx of visitors are coming. Um, but uh, there are going to be 100,000 people in Kyle Field, mm. and then they are going to, a lot of times, not always, exit all at the same time. <laughs> Depends how the game's going. Uh, yes, yes. Um, and it's funny how that works. Um, and there's all kinds of data you can look at to see what, dependent on the score, and what time it is, what it looks like. But um, so we work real closely with A&M, with Transportation Services and TTI right. um, to develop a, an exit strategy for every everyone. And um, so uh, we basically, and just last night, council approved our contract with the contractor to put out uh, traffic control devices, so barrels, signs, uh, all over to basically direct traffic and get them out of Kyle Field after uh, every football game. So um, you'll, you'll see them start to set up about halftime of every game. And yeah, it's uh, just kind of a joint effort. It's our police department, it's public works, it's our street crews that are out there mm. helping them put that out. We have contractors that help us. Our traffic engineers are up in our traffic control center watching everything on the cameras. Right. They're in constant contact with PD and A&M uh, via radio, so making sure everything's working. Uh, PD sits at a lot of the signals and controls them manually, so it's just a lot of logistics um, to, to make everyone safely leave yeah. and, and get out. And so once everybody is gone, once everybody's mm -hmm. cleared out, is there any additional burden left on your folks? That Just to has pick everything up. <laughs> <laughs> pick up all the cones, pick, pick up all it, the yep. barrels, pick all, all that stuff. Yep. Okay. okay. Yep. Um, one of the lesser known issues that I think your department has to deal with is replacing stolen street signs. Yes. 
I'm not going to mention which signs because yeah. that may encourage that, yes, people. Yes, that's but, backfired before. <laughs> right? How much, oh, oh, you have a street that name? Yeah. I'm on it. Uh, how much of a problem is this? It's a huge problem. It's, yeah, it's, um, I don't know, I, I guess I, I don't know why signs are so important to people, but they just go missing like crazy. And there are um, certain parts of town. Right. I won't name them because right. um, we, we love all neighborhoods equally. Um, but there are certain parts of town where more go missing than others. Um, but uh, it's, it's, one, it, it costs, it's, it could be a safety issue. Sure. And stop signs go missing all the time. And that is critical that those get, uh, replaced as soon as they go missing because you don't want someone to to get in an accident because the stop sign is sure. is missing um, and so we replace those immediately we have someone on call that will will replace those as soon as we know they're missing but because you've got you've got people in, and facilities to actually fabricate signs yes okay. yeah we do okay. well stop signs we just keep in inventory okay um, but yes we have the ability to just make the signs uh, uh, in our shop, but um, yeah, it's uh, so it's a safety issue, and it, it takes a lot of time to to replace those, and um, it's uh, a drain on our resources. It's it, it costs the city, I'm guessing, thousands of dollars to yes. replace these signs yes. every year. Yes. Um, I have no idea. Is there technology in place where you can embed some kind of tracking? Device or, or can you can you figure out whose um, whose house this this street sign is sitting in? Yeah, we have looked into everything possible, and we are kind of researching some different options out there. Yeah, uh, I we've tried different kinds of brackets to hold the signs on. Um, they'll just take the whole pole sure. with the oh, signs, right? Yeah, not just detach the signs. So. Um, yeah, we we are always looking at ways to to keep those signs in the ground and up. Surely your industry is going <laughs> to figure this thing out once once and for all. If you just tuned in, I'm Jay Sokol. You're listening to Brands This Matters, and my guest is Emily Fisher, Director of Public Works for the City of College Station. So, skimming through the city's fiscal year 2024 proposed budget, uh, as one does. I saw where your department had 124 full-time employees and was reminded that your dollars come from a variety of sources. Mm -hmm. So I've got the list of funds in front of me. Can you do it from memory? Sure. Tell me. Oh yeah, so we, yeah, our funds, and we're very unique in that aspect. So I know. we have general fund dollars. Correct. Um, we have, so our solid waste is funded by an enterprise fund by the rates you pay for solid waste. So we have our solid waste fund. Yes. Um, we have a roadway maintenance fund. You pay a roadway maintenance fee uh, every month on your on your utility bills. So okay. that's another fund. Okay. We have a drainage utility fund yep. um, from a fee you pay every uh, month. And then our fleet maintenance uh, fund. So. You got uh, all of them. Yeah. You know this stuff. Well, I, I am you have the to, director. Yeah, you, have to, yeah. <laughs> you have to put this thing together. <laughs> um, do you want to do you want to focus on any of those funds in particular? Uh, like the roadway utility fund is not that hasn't been around forever. No, it that's helps you a do fairly you new do. newer fund, and yeah, that's a great one to focus on because it is kind of newer. Um, so everyone pays a fee monthly uh, on their utility bill, and 
that uh, is used for street maintenance um, around the city, it, it all goes to, to street maintenance. So it doesn't, whereas some of those other funds, um, you know, can fund uh, uh, employees and that sort of things. The roadway maintenance fund, all of it goes to, to street maintenance, hmm. just to the, the work that's being done. So um, it's gotten, uh, the fund has increased every year. So we've been able to uh, complete uh, more streets, even though the cost of doing the work has gotten significantly higher with mm -hmm. everything that's going on. But um, we, uh, what we started this past year, we, uh, back in uh, May, we had a public meeting um, just kind of showcasing our street maintenance plan. And we hope to do that annually. So anyone who wants to come in and see how that fund's being spent, what streets are, uh, have been reconstructed recently or are on the list to be uh, work being done uh, in the next five years can can stop by and see it and uh, give any feedback that they have. And you couldn't do nearly as much work without this fund. Uh, exactly. We before the fund, all of the street maintenance came from the general fund. So mm. you're. Your, the general fund funds so many other it things. It competes with police and fire and Correct. all kinds of things. Yeah. Wow, okay, that's great. So uh, you asked the city council for a few additional things to help in the areas of traffic calming and worker safety and landscape maintenance. Can you talk a little bit about those things? Yeah, so um, the landscape maintenance, I'll start with that um, because we are, uh, well, last year we, it was really hot and dry. And this year it's the same thing. And um, we just found we were uh, scrambling to try to get all our irrigation systems uh, fixed and uh, correct, you know, in the right sequencing and all that. So uh, with an additional irrigator, we hope to be more proactive uh, next year about uh, making sure all the systems are up and ready uh, when the it starts to get warmer. Um, this year we found out now that we're in stage one drought contingency that uh, having irrigators is very important because now we're having to go change everything mm. and get it right on our days because uh, the city's uh, on certain days of the week too. Oh yeah, you have to comply with your yeah, own Yeah, with, with our own ordinance. Okay. Yeah, so, um, so it's gonna be really important to have that additional irrigator. Um, the safety uh, aspect, um, we were able to uh, get some additional attenuator trucks. So those are those really big trucks that have the kind of guardrail looking things hanging off the back. To go behind the workers or? Yes, yeah. so, um, and they can, the big ones, the big ones you see like out on the highway uh, can stop uh, trucks going 70 miles per hour. Oh, gosh. Yeah, they, so very important for the safety of our workers. Uh, and we actually got a smaller one too that can um, stay behind some of our smaller crews working on more local type streets. And it, it's not as big, it can only stop slower vehicles, but safety is the number one thing for us. So when our, our crews are out working in, in right-of-ways and streets, we want them to be protected. So. so I have a question about that. Sure. So in looking at the, at the proposed budget, which is now the approved budget, it looked like that you were getting two more attenuator mm -hmm. trucks, but one of them was perhaps for the fire department. Did I see that correctly? Yes, so um, so we currently, we have two, and we got approved for one that's gonna be used, it's gonna 
live in Public Works, okay. so it'll be stored over with us, but will be primarily used uh, for public safety. So when there's a wreck out on Highway 6, mm -hmm. that fire usually will block traffic with their fire trucks. With their multi-million dollar fire trucks. Yes, yes. and so we would rather uh, use an attenuator truck to to protect them rather than their multi-million dollar yeah. fire engines. So you guys funded that attenuator? It's gonna be out of the general fund. Okay. But, um, and we still need to work out the logistics of like deploying it and that sort of thing, but right. we'll kind of be the keepers of it sure. um, in public works just because we've got the space back there to, want it to, to keep it. to take up a fire bay or something yeah, like that. Yeah, okay. exactly. Okay, okay, so we covered uh, how about traffic calming? Oh, tra well, uh, we have a great traffic calming program. Um, there's information um, on our website, and you can call um, our traffic engineering division. And but if your neighborhood is interested in um, slowing down speeders or any kind of traffic calming, um, we've got a po a program that um, you work through with your neighbors. And it's a, a voting system, so you've got to have a majority um, of, of neighbors that want it to happen. But if you do have that and you can agree on a traffic calming measure, which sometimes is speed bumps, mm -hmm. sometimes is a little traffic circle, if you can do that, then um, we will um, we ask council for funding to fund that. And so. Uh those aren't cheap, I'm sure. So how many can you, it looks like you're, you have funding for, is it only two or two additional? So um, uh, the funding for this year will be um, the traffic calming that was the, the groups that went through it last year, which was Stonebridge, which is in the Wood Creek subdivision. So mm -hmm. they're um, getting a small traffic circle. Okay. Um, and then there's some, uh, I believe on, uh, there's some, I can't think of the street right now, but some striping and some speed feedback signs on okay. another uh, street that that's going to cover. And then the, the program starts, uh, the deadline just passed to, to enter the program for the next year. So next year we'll ask for funding for this year's right. participants. <laughs> in, in, the, in the budget book, it mentioned uh, Dexter Drive and Arnold Road. Oh, okay. But I didn't know, you know how many of these projects you can generally fund in any fiscal year. Yeah, so Arnold Road was actually a city initiated one. The, the program gives us the ability to, okay. if we think a road needs to be, have traffic calming, we can initiate it as well. So gotcha. um, that one's just going to have some striping um, to, to slow people down as they, they go around a curve there. Um, and then um, uh, Dexter, they, they went through the process, process but did not uh, have a majority. Right. Uh, get, so they were, didn't get there. That's how it happens. Yep. That's how it works. Um, I imagine from time to time you, you actually get to whether it's attend conferences or, or some other way to interact with your peers from other cities. Um, what are some of the issues that are in front of you guys or you see coming or you're trying to figure out? What are some of those things that you're talking about? Still uh, trying to fill vacancies is a big one. Um, for a while, finding uh, uh, people with commercial driver's licenses was a big issue, but we've, we've luckily been able, made big strides with that. Um, and not having that much of an issue, but still having 
just have having trouble finding uh, people. We uh, the city has great benefits and very competitive market, but um, and you can look at all of our job openings on our website. But yes, Correct. it's it's uh, been a challenge. And I when I talk to colleagues uh, in other markets, it's I, I hear the same thing. Hmm. Yeah, I remember uh, before I left the city. There was a real push. I think there were almost signing bonuses mm -hmm. maybe for people with commercial driver's licenses, uh, that, that it really was very competitive for that particular uh, certification. Yes. So uh, I know things change day to day, week to week, but uh, you want to mention a couple of, um, of openings that maybe you have in public works that you would love people to check out on the city website? Yeah, so equipment operators um, for our streets. Uh, so again, if you have a commercial driver's license, so operating in any kind of equipment, um, solid waste operators, so mm -hmm. driving um, the, the big uh, garbage trucks, the big maroon ones, um, we're always in need of those. So those are some of the things uh, um, up there that you'll see. Um, uh, fleet, we, we're always in need of mechanics also. Okay. Um, so that that's another one um, that is, is sometimes difficult to find. And so I think, if memory serves me correctly, the uh, appropriate website is csjobs.cstx.gov. Yes. yes. If I remember that correctly. That's pretty good. Thank you very much. Uh, I don't even have to remember that anymore, but <laughs> I do. Uh, Finally, with the last couple of minutes we have, uh, you have you have kids, correct? Mm -hmm. how, old, how old are they? They are uh, 14 and 10. Okay, so if I asked your 14 and 10 year old kids, uh, describe what mom does, what would they tell me? So, that's funny. My 14 year old would probably say engineer and that's about it. Okay. But my 10-year-old, he's so interested in what I do that he, he's just constantly asking um, and wants to make sure he gets it exactly right. He'll see things going on in the city. Is that you or is that someone else? Is that you? So I think he would like know down very detailed like what I do. That's awesome. I know because he's always asking and, and you know, maybe... Maybe we've got another public works director. <laughs> Maybe we do. So does he try to impress friends like, see that building right there? My mom did that. Uh, he, I have a feeling he does <laughs> probably do that. He probably doesn't impress <laughs> his friends as much as he hopes it does. He, the big one is the water tower. Because I, I worked, when I was in Capitol, uh, we, we built the water tower. Right. And he, he loves to tell people about that. So... That is kind yeah. of a cool thing, though. Yeah, I mean, I didn't have, a, there was a project manager that he had more to do with it than I did, but, it, you know, yeah, that's kind of the, the big visible one. That, See, yeah. mom is helping change the <laughs> landscape and skyline of our yes. city. That's pretty cool. Um, so I know if uh, folks want to actually go back and can do a little bit of uh, reading and research of their own, they can go to the website. I believe it's cstx.gov slash public works. Mm -hmm. Emily Fisher, thank you so much for your time. This was great. Yeah, it was. Thank you. Yeah, good to see you. Brazos Matters is a production of Aggieland's Public Radio, 90.9 KAMU-FM, a member of Texas A&M University's Division of Marketing and Communications. Our show is engineered and edited by Program Director Matt Dittman. You can learn more about 
Brazos Matters and go back and listen to any of our previous episodes or any of our radio programs by visiting our website, kamu.tamu.edu slash radio. I'm Jay Sokol. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great day.